Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. So, uh, fake safety. Fake. Should we just go ahead and call ourselves a Putin-funded terrorist organization? I think it carries a sentence of like ten years. To be honest with you, I actually like the alternative approach, which is calling ourselves something else, so that you can't really argue with it. I'll I'll, I'll give you an example. So. Antifa, which you can say is an organized group or not, you can say it's decentralized, which I actually think is a great idea. I mean, if it if it were a decentralized group, it would have a lot more Again, credibility. It, you can, yeah, people are going to believe what they want about that. But the the point I'm getting at is their naming convention in that it's anti-fascist. So. If you disagree, uh, then you must be fascist. So we're going to, what are we? Gonna... So what I'm saying is if we say we're anti, you know, the anti-terrorist league or just something that has to do with peace and anti- is not terrorist. Anti-Al-Qaeda. Whatever we could do, if we could make it AA, that'd be funny. Just because. We'd already have a big <laughs> following. I'm just like. <laughs> well, I actually hey, hey. think it would be good for us to go into some of that uh, terminology and belief stuff because <laughs> folks have actually asked in both the chat and in other forums what ANCAP is and how it's distinguished from ANCOM and just anarchy in general. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we could get into that, definitely, in a later episode, because I think we should get into depth. So there are a lot of people who listen to us, whether in support or whether they're hate listening, that think different things about us. Yeah, they they tell me your dick's small all the time. Well, that's because they're subscribed to my OnlyFans. But But just because you paint your pinky toe... To look like a dick doesn't mean that's your dick. But my subscribers don't know that. But the people who love, hate, or are indifferent to us sometimes perceive us as as different things, even though we do talk about handcap or handcom or anarchy. I think a lot of folks will listen to us, and if we're in support of guns, they think we're Republicans like they are. Or if we talk about... <laughs> Sex workers, they think we're Democrats like they are. But as you go further in and understand that we're a bit more liberty minded, I think folks will, I think the majority of folks kind of put us into a very broad libertarian category. So, yeah, there are some 20% of folks who just think we're either right wing extremists or left wing extremists or whatever. 
And yes, I know our dichotomy, you and I, is one of us sort of came from the right and one of us kind of came from the left. And that's the beauty of trying to understand where we agree. But I do think we get put into this libertarian bucket. And even as you go further into it, there are folks who identify as minarchists. And I think the ideal state that we talk about a lot is not just men, but... What? Women. Oh, I like women. I was put that out there. Um, yeah, uh, the, the minarchist thing. Um, I know we've touched on it before. Some of my favorite people are minarchists in the libertarian scene, in the political atmosphere, even in the think tank type atmosphere. Uh, but they're they're the radical minarchists, the ones that are willing to get their their hands dirty and really call out the the CIA or whatever, right? Uh, and and we we split at a at a point, and and it, it's while we we say like in our lifetime, there's no way that we're going to end up in a situation where you and I are going to disagree in the United States uh, as a minarchist and ANCAPs there. I don't think the United States is going to go that way. I think it, that we are going to disagree because we're going to split up and there is some importance to our differences. You and I uh, come from the left and the right, but we end up in the same place because we don't believe in government. We don't believe in force, and, we, and, and at, at all costs, we believe in stopping somebody from being able to force something upon the next, right? Uh, we do believe in natural rights and the ability to protect one's natural rights. While we we may not live in the same neighborhood because we not we may not have the same values. We may not want to live next to each other. I know that if somebody was to try to forcefully violate my rights, you would be there for me. While some of my favorite minarchists, I could say, maybe not. Even the ones that I agree with on social subjects more than I agree with you, I would say, they wouldn't be the first person I would call if I needed somebody to help me in a serious situation where somebody was trying to violate my rights. It would be you. And there's a reason for that. It's because you are an ANCAP, but you come from a calm side where you understand the ANCOMs better than I do while I enjoy talking to them you you really come from that side well while you have been converted to an ANCAP you definitely sympathize the other way and you might live your life more like an ANCOM if you if it was your choice possibly and and I think I think the the way more the, the the folks who are way more into anarchy and the deeper discussion have asked why I'm not an anarcho 
communist. And it's it's pretty simple, actually. Um, it's because of two primary pieces of logic that I think follows with all of these exercises. One is asking yourself which one allows better for the liberty of the other to exist. And I find that within an anarcho-communist society, you can't really create an anarcho-capitalist segment because they don't believe in property rights. Very so true. you can't actually cordon off anything to do what you believe in. Whereas right. in an anarcho-capitalist society, an anarcho-communist segment can exist in the same way that communes exist now very much within what we'll call mainstream society. There are communes out there where mm -hmm. hippies and all kinds of different communes, some turn into cults and things like that. I think a better example of that would be if you were to think about today, especially from the left, while you may hate church, right? It is a communal situation. It is a very voluntary tithing in a community atmosphere. So while you may not agree with the God part of that or whatnot, you can see how in a capitalist society where if you own the property, I have, I feel like I, I don't have any say so in what you do. You could see how a commune of Christians could work. Therefore a commune of incomes could work. Right. Precisely. So that's, that's, right. that's one right. piece. One piece is which one can exist within the other. And I think that's fairly obvious to me. The second piece is just how we think about capital. And because anarcho-communism doesn't believe in capitalism, it tries... Ignores, it ignores the existence of capital as a entity as a thing right right and i think right i think that's an irresponsible approach given the fact that at least with humans in their current state in their current level of evolution and likely the state of evolution that they would be in for the next handful of thousands of years capital and therefore capitalism is inevitable anything else is a manipulation of the natural state right and it's it's funny because even in even in like dream worlds and ideal scenarios right like so star trek or a lot of these sort of right. science fiction universes in the future they tend to be either communist Commun or yeah. even anarcho-communist but you'll see all of these interactions that are essentially capitalist emerging because right bartering evolves into capitalism like i say it's it's inevitable i think again this could be a whole other episode as well but just how we think about capitalism i think most people believe capitalism to be either cronyism or corporatism 
or all these other versions of a state-manipulated capitalism that would not exist. You are absolutely right. All the arguments that I ever hear against capitalism are against state inter interference in natural the the natural order of human interaction, which may not be capitalism if you want to if you want to redefine stuff, but it it is pragmatism. It is it is what before human action, what they call the study of just humans interacting. Anthropology? No. Anyway, Mises. Mises is if if you've read him, I mean, thank God. Thank God you have. But um he really goes into depth about how important it is to to bring humanity into the study of economics because believe it or not, he's one of the first to go economics is the study of humans interacting with other humans. So maybe we should factor that in. It is it is fascinating when you step back and think of it that way that they'd just been forcing <laughs> all these formulas for so long, just trying to make them fit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not like he was the first one to suggest such a thing. But the, they were done from the perspective of the elites who were orchestrating their economies. Now, now an economy is a thing. You're, you are, you are interfering in it. <laughs> it exists without your authority. And I'm going to study its natural state. And that's what he did. And he was able to get so far. And then, thank God, he had Rothbard, Hayek, and people like that to like carry on in the thoughts, in the, in, in the study of, of humans. Because in one lifetime, I mean, he did so much, but he was only one man. He really, he solidified why Austrian economics was different. Because the Austrian school of economics was taking into consideration human interaction, but they didn't know that they were doing They didn't know that was the difference. So it could have been easily swallowed up by one of the others and said, taking a couple of their good things and just forgot about the fact that humans are what we're doing here. And uh, thank God for Mises, thank God for Rothbard, Hayek, and all the greats. Yeah, and and for those who are on a path to ANCOM or anyone else who has read those folks and disagree with them, I think my point goes even beyond those folks in that what we refer to as capitalism might be a challenge today, but the very core of capital, barter, trade is inevitable, regardless of who you read. True. Miss Goldberg, she's wonderful for you, Ann Combs. I love everything I read from her. She's like one of those where you read her. When you're pissed, when the cops go and shoot somebody innocent, read something from Goldberg. Because like, Go punch your punching bag and and listen to a an audio book from her, 
and uh, or a speech read and punch a punch a bag because you want to talk about just pure anger and just getting it out of your system. That is, that's her. She's wonderful. She's my favorite. I would read her more than I would read Tom Woods. And I'm a fanboy. Tom Woods is amazing. But Goldberg, she is, she is uh, just anger. She's, when you're mad about something, she is it. She can write the way that you feel when you're at your maddest. And unfortunately, the police continue to give us reasons to feel that way. So, oh, do they ever? Oh, did you see the little, the poor little lady in uh, Florida who had a building inspection warrant <laughs> apparently drawn up on her? And <laughs> thank God she wasn't there and her dogs weren't there. But the cops entered like five, six, seven cops, a bunch of guns drawn. To see if she had built something in her house without pulling a permit. Protect and serve. Now, she had written a critical message on a piece of wood and put it out on her property for people to read as they drove by about the government of the town that she's in in Florida. And in my experience from knowing people who are dissident dissidents and whatnot, I would personally on the jury say that the govern government of that town tried to murder her because when you come in like that to a person's home, you're asking them to protect themselves. You are putting yourself in a situation where any reasonable per person would protect themselves from your crazy ass and you're so-called protected to shoot and kill that person. So I, I would say that was attempted murder. While I'm inclined to lean toward that, technically, I think most folks would at, at the very least agree that that is selective enforcement okay which, which people and i'll give you which that. people are witness to every day on the road right like the number what is it the number one car to get pulled over is is it yeah. still the hummer i doubt it that, that, that many of them i'm out there i'm quoting an old statistic from maybe like 15 years ago but right. we see selective yeah. enforcement all day every day but i think that's that's a pretty clear-cut case of selective enforcement at the very least like the like the Kennedy assassination or selective enforcement. He shouldn't have been going against the directives. He got his book day one. Should have read it, motherfucker. So we talked a lot about where we differ from Ann Combs, Manarchists, the sort of greater I guess we re we, we really thing. didn't. Like we did a little bit. We didn't talk that much about it. Everybody on the chat, you know, they're like screaming all these differences in us. 
but they're all in the same chat. So you're basically in a commune. <laughs> I think that's a. I think that's a good point. All of them being in the same chat, I think it begs the question: Where do we overlap? What do we agree on? The government is bad, and if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have anything to talk to them about. The incomes and greens and whatever's the purples, <laughs> whatever. Uh, the government's the problem, and while it may seem like a minor detail. It is huge to the point that while I love my minarchist friends and some of them are heroes of mine, if it came down to we are controlling a portion of the world, you're going to make it something special. The and calm, the and purple, the and whatever the fuck you want to be. The Anne is somebody that I'm going to listen to and I'm going to take seriously. And the Minarchist is at that point out the door. Like, I don't really have anything to talk to him about. Does that make sense? Because like, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to live in an ANCAP society. I'm going to live around maybe Minarchist and whatever. Because I want my kids to be around those values, whatever values that I that I deem better for my children. But your political aspirations, like your power struggle, I'm willing to donate to keep make sure you don't have any power over somebody else, and uh, I'm willing to fight for that. So. Your social and your political thing, they're two different things. I think I think I think people should understand that while I I applaud a lot of the conservative values and whatnot, uh, I don't I don't think they should be in forced on people. But, you know, everybody wants to come back to the one thing, right? And that's uh, abortion when it comes to trying to divide our groups, because I think they do that because they realize how close we really are. They're trying to make sure that we don't team up against them. And and the point I make is I personally think that abortion is killing a baby. That's what I think. And you can come at me and you can tell me I'm wrong and I'm going to tell you I don't think I am. But I can also tell you that the government is not anybody who should be enforcing that. And I think that if if we are going to work this out as a society, I think it has to be done by the civil situation. And while it is protected, it cannot be civilly worked out. My point is, is a father who does not want to lose his child, who is forced to lose his child, should have some sort of way to not punish, but try to fill the void of not being a father. And I think if that were to happen, people would think twice about 
destroying a life. 